the Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I am Claire. I'm Matt. I'm Tammy. And we are still missing a Mel. Oh. But we replaced a Mel with the most amazing thing that you can replace a Mel with. Fact. <laughs> science fact. <laughs> science, science fact anyway. Uh, a puppy. No, not a puppy. It would be a kitten. I'm a cat person. Oh, I'd love a kitten. Uh, it is. Or maybe a red panda. Oh, it'd be so cute. Uh, we replaced Mel with a Rhiannon. Yay! Hey, guys. Hey. Yeah, I'm glad you're here because I wasn't sure. And and then, like, yeah, just because of Facebook, just the way Facebook works. But you are here, so all is good. And, you know, you probably <laughs> sent me a Facebook message and it's in, like, the Facebook ether somewhere. Exactly. Right it's one of those messages that you send and then you or you get sent a Facebook message and you don't receive it until you, like, click on, like, 12 buttons in the right order. And then you're like, oh, I have a message from six months ago. Maybe that just right, happens to me. Right. Yeah, it's weird. You're weird, Facebook. So, Rhiannon, you have been on before. You are a yes. returning guest. Um, but with Luke Cage, because I know you're a Daredevil fan, but Luke Cage, are you watching along with the show? With us, I mean, or have you seen the whole series? No, I watched the whole series because <laughs> I was going to New York Comic Con right uh, after. Well, one, I have uh, no restraint. <laughs> but I also going to New York Comic Con that next week after it came out, and I didn't want to be spoiled. So you have so. seen the Iron Fist preview? I've seen two of them twice. Ooh, oh, what, the episodes? No, two of the previews. They did oh. four of them at the panel. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, they had a special panel for Marvel Unlimited Plus members, nice. and they showed two of them again. I I have heard the panel. I've heard the audio. Um so I can't really judge it, but the fighting sounded good <laughs> from what I heard. It looked fantastic. I am I am very excited for Iron Fist. I, awesome. And it was the the two fight scenes, yeah, they were awesome. I mean you know you're gonna get great fight scenes, but there was one sort of dramatic scene mm-hmm. that has me just as excited. Uh, I, I I think I have a feeling which one I know. I, I, it took me a, a while to get used to Finn Jones's American accent. It's that I don't know if you guys have it. If you have American actors doing English accents, and you're like, ooh, it kind of takes you back a bit. Uh, that I always I found that weird. I still find it weird when Charlie Cox does an American accent as well. I don't. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm I used don't to find it. it weird either. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, yeah and because uh, I've I've only heard him speak with an American accent, so it's weird when he doesn't speak with an American that's accent. That's true. I'm trying to think it's of like, like an American actor doing a, a English accent. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Why would you want that? Just get an English actor. <laughs> <laughs> Wes, Wesley uh, Wyndham Price. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, but Wesley Wyndham Price. See, when I hear him. I think Tammy and I have discussed this before. Um, we're talking about um, Alexis Denisov from Buffy. Um, when I hear him doing his American accent in Dollhouse, it sounds really weird. His, and that's his right. voice. Yeah, that's his real accent. Yeah, his, his, to me, his regular voice, his normal voice, is very nasally. Yeah. He should always speak with an English accent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With the kids, he just speaks with an English accent. He's very method. He's still speaking with an accent for a show he was in, like, what, 15 years ago, <laughs> whatever it was. 
Okay, cool. So you have seen all of Luke Cage, Rhiannon. How would you say, yes. without any spoilers, Luke Cage ranks among the Marvel series so far? Because we've been discussing this a bit for the last few weeks. See, so far it's my least favourite. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Can you, can you say it, why without spoilers or not really? Well, I mean, this episode itself, I this is the first time I have rewatched this episode mm-hmm. since the day the series came out. Mm-hmm. It just something about this turn in episode eight nine. I just he's bulletproof. He's bulletproof. There's so many other ways that you could put him in danger, but just creating bulletproof bullets, creating the Judas bullets, to me was such a cop out. Well, did, you, did you want I them to love... start with the drowning and the uh, yeah? <laughs> Emotional distress, the poisoning, the drowning. The suppositories. I must be the only person on the planet that doesn't need physical peril for Mm -hmm. my superhero. Like, I could have been fine with him just having emotional peril the whole time. But I I love the characters. Mm -hmm. I love so much about it. But in the end, like, this whole little part right where we are, it sort of knocked it down on my rankings. I, I can, yeah, I can kind of get where you're coming. I mean, obviously, as the, the only two people who've seen the whole series, and again, without, I don't want to spoil Matt and Tammy, but I've kind of mentioned them before, my first watch round, I didn't really like the character of, of um, Diamondback. Um, yeah. And I feel, I do feel like the show takes a turn uh, around this time when he comes into it more. But as, as I said as well, I don't know if it was just because it was, I was getting to the end of the watch and I was getting a bit tired and grumpy. So I'll be interested to see like how I react to him this time. But I, I can totally see where you're coming from. Um, but the show seems to be, be um, very divisive. Like people really love it or they really hate it, which, you know, and is, is interesting to discuss. But uh, yeah. Yeah, there are parts of it that I really love. And there are aspects of the series that I, the women in this series. Mm-hmm. You know, this was yeah, you know, this was touted as a show that was gonna change, you know, it was gonna be a black culture show, we were gonna, you know, learn about this Harlem but the women to me this is almost stronger women than Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we've oh, yeah. we've discussed like how many awesome female yeah. characters are in this show. Yeah, yeah, it's um which we have in this episode as well. No, I totally agree. Which is great. I love that. I'm kind of hoping that's something that continues into Iron Fist with Colleen and Joy. Um, yeah. We've got Jaren in it as well. That would be yeah. really cool. Okay. Cool. Well, let's get into it. So I, I was, um, usually I would do news here, and there hasn't really been that much news related to Defenders lately until about five seconds before uh, I did the Skype call. And I thought, oh, I'll just check on comicbookmovie.com. And there's like a little tidbit from Sigourney Weaver. So there is some news. <laughs> so thank you, comicbookmovies.com. Uh, she was, I mean, it's not much. She was recently um, interviewed um, by Variety. And she was talking about some, some various bits and pieces. And this is what she had to say about her role in The Defenders, which isn't very much. But all she says is, I can't say much because they might kill me. I think everyone I worked for might kill me if I tell you anything, but I have the most delicious character. She's really smart and she's very in charge. So really doesn't tell us much, but... And, oh, and you forgot, forgot, she said, and she's literally the devil. And she's literally 
<laughs> Mephisto. Oh, I spoiled it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so I have no idea who she's playing, but um, oh, you I can't wait. It's not Mephisto. You have and no it's idea. It's not Mephisto. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. Like, yeah. I I don't know how I'd feel if she was playing Mephisto, but yeah, might be cool. What if she's literally edible? <laughs> oh, maybe. She's a fruit roll-up person. <laughs> <laughs> she's made of she's made of pizza, and then Luke eats her. <laughs> I'm playing Pizza the Hut. <laughs> oh, imagine if Pizza the Hut showed up. Oh, it'd be amazing. Oh, and if anyone doesn't know who Pizza the Hut is, then you need to watch more movies. Has um has Luke eaten a lot? He hasn't eaten. He hasn't pizza eaten pizza at all, and he loves pizza in the comics. Like, why can't they be hanging? Like, why can't um Claire's mom work at a pizza parlor? I know. Oh. All oh, he's like... eaten so far. All he's eaten so far is bullets. <laughs> <laughs> he's used a lot of chopsticks. That's one thing. Like, one of my takeaways of all of the Luke Cage series, which is not a spoiler, mm-hmm. there's lots of chopsticks being used. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was all this hype before it came out of like people are going to learn about the Harlem culture and yeah, it's going to show this whole culture that nobody's seen. And I'm like, wow, I did not realize so many people used chopsticks on their takeout Chinese. Absolutely. They're better than me. You uh, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> I loved using chopsticks. I, I have some fancy chopsticks I bought just so I could feel fancy while I was eating, I mean, like, I, um, I guess I technically home. use them, but I don't feel like I use them well, so... Do you not even use them when you, stuff. like, go to Epcot World Showcase, Tammy? No, they have forks there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one taught me how to use chopsticks. I watched. I just watched so much anime and Japanese television that I tried it, I immediately knew how. Amazing. Amazing. That's great. So anyway, Tammy, speaking of you, I'm going to hand over to you now so you can tell us all about the music this week. And I know there was one one part in particular you were very excited about. Uh, So, yeah, so we'll start with the the title of the episode, which is Dwick. Dwick? (laughs) Dwick? Dwick. That is what it is, is Dwick. Yes, which we we did try and guess last week what it stood for. Well, very it doesn't really necessarily stand for anything. So I did find um, Guru from Gangstar talking about it because mm-hmm. uh, someone asked him, "Does it does it stand for do what you can, kid?" <laughs> yeah, because that's so apparently good. according to the Urban Dictionary. That's what it supposedly yeah, stands for. Yeah, uh, but no, it does not. <laughs> Even though Guru did think that that would be an amazing meaning for it, that is not what happened. He says. Uh, it was like a slang thing we used to do. Greg Nice, um, who is on this particular uh, song, uh, used to do it to everybody. Bismarcky started it, actually. You used it in a crowd and say someone's name and go, Yo, son! The person would turn around and go, What? What? And you would say, Dwick! <laughs> it's like my dick. <laughs> it means the male genitalia. We switched it up to Dwick. It was just some shit to psych, every- psych each other out. So it was just some stupid joke that they basically said instead of saying my dick so <laughs> tell me you've twit. been you've been doing that all week now right yeah exactly I'm yo dan twick <laughs> um and so yeah and the, so the song is kind of like nonsensical really there's mm-hmm. nothing to it uh but one i i i usually just read the lyrics because some of these songs are like so old i just don't remember them but um this one in particular like i started reading the lyrics i'm like god do i I know this one, so I, like, played the YouTube video. 
totally know this one. Mm-hmm. This was like one of their bigger songs. And it might have just been because it has um, a nice and smooth, uh, Greg Nice and Smooth B on it. Mm-hmm. So they, <laughs> which were two other rappers at the time. So they're featured on this um, single. And so I was like, oh my God, I can't believe, like, I really, really remember this song. So anyway, nice. uh, and it was fun to listen to. Um, the other musical note on this episode was, of course, the Delphonics, which they were actually so there. So good. At Harlow's Paradise. And it was weird because, like, I, you know, we see them at the beginning and they're starting to sing a little bit, but just, like, practicing. And I was like, who are these old guys singing a Delphonic song? <laughs> <laughs> and then I looked it up and I was like, holy shit, it's Delphonics. <laughs> So, and I, I like, love them. And I was like, is that the band from Back to the Future? <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I thought later, are they wearing the uh, the jackets from the Three Amigos? Because <laughs> they're wearing these, like, black jackets with silver sparkles on them. <laughs> <laughs> they just put on, like, big sombreros. Yeah. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> um, so the three guys that were featured in this episode, Garfield Fleming, John G. Johnson, and William or Will Hart, so Will Hart is actually one of the original members um, wow. from the Delphonics, and they started out in 1965. He, him and his brother met a bunch of guys in high school and started the band. Um, they were, were originally known as the Four Gents because there were four of them. I just like I was like, wow, what a what a nice name, the Four yeah. Gents. Yeah. Um, four Gents, my dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and. The, these three guys have been touring as Delphonics since um, the late 90s and just touring around and I guess got picked up <laughs> to be on Luke Cage. But a lot of people have sampled their music. So, you know, we've got um, Notorious B.I.G. has sampled some of their stuff. Mm-hmm. Nas, Missy Elliott. And to me, the one that I recognize the most would be the Fugees because um, they use uh, the song Ready or Not, Here I Come. And Fugees oh, has yeah. this one. Yeah, and that's all sampled from the Delphonics. Ah. So, yeah, so they're just um, really kind of ingrained. Even though it's like this old school R&B band, they're just really ingrained in the hip-hop culture. So uh, to see them was pretty exciting. And and they've got songs on a lot of different kinds of, um, what's it called, on soundtracks. The one that sticks out to me the most is um, Jackie Brown. Yeah. Got, I think two songs on Jackie Brown. Uh, but I, I love that soundtrack. Like I have, I got that soundtrack when the movie came out many, many years ago, and I still listen to that soundtrack because it is so good. So. And it's one of his, of Quentin Tarantino, in my opinion,'s more underrated films. It really is. It's such a good film. Yeah. It's so good. So, um, but anyway, so that's music. Awesome. Thank you, Tony. I was just, I'm so Glad to have Harlem Paradise back. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that as soon as I was watching this episode, I was like, "Oh, Tammy's gonna be so happy." Oh, so glad. I wasn't, and, I wasn't sure if we were gonna have it back because I didn't like, think so either. At yeah. the beginning, it was like yet another like uh, rehearsal scene. I was like, oh, "I guess we're done spending money on extras for you know Boomin <laughs> nightclub scene." Well, I will say I I... as a little tease for you guys, and Rhiannon might might know what I mean. My favorite song from that's performed at Harlem Paradise has yet to come. Well, and, and what's mm. funny is like, because you you keep 
I, you know, saying you're very excited for me to see a certain episode. Yes. So I assume <laughs> it had something to do with Harlem Paradise. No. But then, then it doesn't. <laughs> well, but the thing is, like, that, that was just my assumption. And so I'm just like, well, now I don't know what the hell it is because, like, I don't think we're getting Harlem Paradise back. So. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a... I don't remember... <laughs> Sorry, go Miranda. Oh, oh, I don't remember any of the music after Hail to the Chief. Ah, yeah. <laughs> when I think of the music of the song and all that, that was like... <laughs> that one, I should have just watched that one episode instead of the whole series. But, <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved that musical montage and that artist yeah, and everything. So good. So good. Yeah, there's a, there's a music moment. It's a music moment. Um... And I'm very, I'm very excited for Tammy to see it. It's a music moment. Musical I don't know, moment. Like right now, so far, I mean, as far as the artists go, yes, Jadena is like amazing. The hell is the chief guy? And then, um, but that Wu Tang Clan one right now is like my mm-hmm. favorite thing, pretty much ever. Like that. Oh, <laughs> I love it so much so i just remembered what claire's talking about yay (laughs) wink at rhiannon (laughs) (laughs) anyway well let's uh we were talking about them um rehearsing at the start so let's get into the episode um might as well what a good segue that was uh so this episode (laughs) episode nine was written by christian taylor and directed by tom shankland I like that name. Shankland. Um, quick synopsis is, with Luke wounded and on the run, Misty faces a soul-searching interrogation. Mariah's rise to power takes a dark turn. Um, so we open, before we go to Harlem's Paradise, we open with Misty in interrogation, which she'll be in pretty much the entire episode, with Krasner is his name, and she's not very happy about it. I don't care for Misty. I think she's, <gasps> care- like, I know. But- I think she's terrible at her job. Hush your mouth. <laughs> I think that she obviously was like emotionally too damaged to be doing her job mm-hmm. and no one else saw it and did nothing about it. And now she's here. I, I, I you know, I sent feedback last week, but the more I thought about last week's episode, the more and more I disliked last week's mm-hmm. episode. And I feel like it tainted misty for me and this episode just continued to do that i was like toward the end i was good but this beginning when she's just like being a bitch because even if it was just some interrogation she needed to be a fucking interrogated oh yeah. she choked a person out like she tried to choke claire out so calm down and do your interview because you were in the wrong i i agree that i think she's she's um not been great at her job and obviously she shouldn't have gone after luke on her own which Um, is why she should leave and start heroes for hire exactly (laughs) but it doesn't kind of stop me from loving the character because i love misty because then i think well matt murdoch's not a great lawyer in the series (laughs) and i still love him you know I mean, that should have been Matt at all costs. Like, <laughs> Matt hasn't had a situation where he slept with his client. I mean, like, when Misty found out that Luke was involved in her case, mm-hmm. yeah, to have not have recused herself from that investigation, yeah, I, you know, good. I mean, I love Misty to death, but yeah. that was the other thing. Like later on, when we have the 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 coffee flashback, flashback. <laughs> the coffee flashback. 
I kind of laugh because like we're she's talking about it. I was like, we're gonna have to see another flashback, and yep. then they didn't go to it right away, and I was like, oh, I guess I'm wrong. And then they flashed back, <laughs> and I was like, oh. Nope, there it is. <laughs> they want to get in as many shots of that scene as possible. I know. <laughs> in this series. <laughs> like, so it's be the only sex scene we have with Luke this whole series? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, until um, Jessica turns up in the finale. Spoilers! Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, oh, me too. So, um... The, when we, then we go to, in the next scene we literally go back to the end of last episode so Luke is in the back of the garbage truck uh, he's got the gunshot in his shoulder now as well as his abdomen and he gets out and he smells himself and then he says sweet Christmas we get like two or three in this episode I think it's two two mm, sweet Christmas. garbage and open wounds mm, yum 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 that's probably why it goes all gross later and septic yeah. and, ugh. Ugh, one of horrible. the cool things about that scene for me mm-hmm was like you have Mercedes interrogation there Mercedes ever it sounds she said her name was Mercedes Kelly Knight. I know Knight. she so kept got like stating her name and they kept referring to her as Mercedes. <laughs> so I wrote Mercedes in my notes. Anyways, Misty was in that interrogation, and I swear they had the daredevil background. Music. I know. I wrote them my notes as well. And Luke in the garbage. I think. Like, I think it's Matt know. that's picked up on it before. I think Matt, you said that they kept playing the daredevil music. It was either you or Mel. It's like, it sounds a lot like the Daredevil theme, but you're totally right, Rhiannon. But it was like the Daredevil music, and then it cut to him in the garbage, doing his Matt Murdock impression. And I was like, was that intentional? Did they want us to think they're like... I think it's, I um, it's, it's just... Because uh, the, the last time they did it, I think, was when Shades had his sunglasses on. And we were commenting about it because we were like, are they playing the Daredevil theme? Because this guy also wears sunglasses. Like, what? But I think it's just part of the score really sounds like Daredevil. Yeah. It's kind of strange. Yeah. Is it a different person or no? Yeah. Yeah, it's totally different people. It's different people for each series. Yeah. Um, it's just that little do 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 like yeah. kind of that bit. I mean, I also thought I heard it when I watched Ghostbusters this past summer. So I might have <laughs> Daredevils everywhere. Daredevils everywhere. Well, they're all in New York, so. Well, and I'm living in New Jersey now, so oh. I just see them everywhere. If you if you like cock your ear towards New York, you just hear in the very faintly do 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 do. Yeah. It's, it's a problem. <laughs> Uh, so after the credits, we go straight to Harlem's Paradise, and the Delphonics are practicing their little dance moves, and it's amazing. They're so cute. I love They're them so, so much. <laughs> um, Little old men to me, like all dressed up like that, are just so adorable. <laughs> I know. Oh, I love these guys. They they are adorable. Um, we see that the window's fixed, and Shades is watching the rehearsal with all his little little goons. And uh, he's grilling them. Nicely dressed goons. Oh, they're very nicely dressed now. Um, They're getting grilled about Luke's whereabouts. And then Stryker arrives talking of nicely dressed. And he's wearing a very nice purple suit. (laughs) Very dark purple suit. And then I put that he shoots one of the goons. But he shoots the one goon whose name I can't remember. Because we have Zip Sugar and I can never remember the other guy's name. So I put (laughs) shoots question mark (laughs) by using distraction. (laughs) I think it's, according to my uh, little, uh, what's it called, Netflix, um, it says it's Darnell. 
Oh, Darnell. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because there's also Darnell and then there's the other guy who's got, like, I can't remember his <laughs> name. I'm so terrible. I can well, only I remember Zip and Sugar. Amos, Amos is the only other one I remember. He's the one that Luke um, broke his hand in that yes. first episode. Yes, Amos is the big guy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, how many of them are there? There's so many. Because they said something about we'll show you what he's famous for or something. And I was like, oh, boy. Famous Amos. Amos. <laughs> um, Diamondback is not happy about Cottonmouth's death. And this is when he does one of his little habits that really annoys me, which is when he starts quoting the Bible. And I'm like, oh, I just, I just hate it when people's just... I don't understand how criminals, stuff. like justify how much they love the bible when like when it when it's a like a a bible quoting criminal like even in real life there's lots of those (laughs) cross tattoos all over them and they're just shooting up places and yeah how do you parse these things like well what about um give you jesus forgives Mm -hmm. yeah yeah what about uh brother justin in uh carnival matt He's always quoting the Bible, and he he was pretty evil. He even had black evil shark eyes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he, he started out good though. Well, he was trying to be good. <laughs> He's never going to be good. He was Clancy Brown. He's always going to be a villain. <laughs> it's like when he showed up in Daredevil season two, and I was just as soon as he showed up, I was like, oh, he's the villain. It's Clancy Brown. <laughs> I love him, yeah. but he's clearly evil. Um, so zip. Uh, Manages to save Shade's life when Diamondback's about to shoot Shades. So we see a lot more of like Diamondback interacting with everyone else in this episode. What do you guys think of him now? Because last week we only really saw him sort of fighting with Luke. I think he's a crazy motherfucker, and I don't know why anyone would work for him because <laughs> he just shoots everyone. I know. Like, how would you? How would there not be an uprising against him of some sort, or he just get himself shot, or I don't know. I don't like him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, and I don't like the way, I, I, it might actually be the actor, like, I don't, like, the way he delivers his lines is really weird to me, I don't, I just don't like him. And then, like, this whole thing about him being Luke's brother is just stupid. I just, yeah. I hate, oh my god, I hate that so much, like, why? Mm-hmm. What? What is, I mean, and I don't know the comic books, maybe in the comics he's Luke's brother, I don't know. But <laughs> I don't think he is. I think I don't think he is. I think he and Luke just kind of fought over Reva to an extent. Yeah, I'm just kind of like, okay, if he is his brother, this is just why. It's just such a silly way to go. Like, it's so unnecessary for him to be his brother. And again, I haven't seen the whole series, obviously. Mm-hmm. Maybe it becomes something necessary down the road. But right now, it just seems so unnecessary to make him Luke's brother. And if he and it turns out he's not Luke's brother, then that's really stupid. Like I don't like either way. I just I don't like it, and so maybe it soured me watching this episode. I'm like, God, I really just don't like him. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, when... And to me, he's he's this campy comic book villain. Yeah. That this universe yeah. hasn't had. Like this universe. Yeah. Has had, I mean, they managed to do Purple Man. Yeah. Without him being a campy comic book villain, yet they bring in this guy and they make you know. He intentionally is very Joker-like, and mm-hmm. even down to the purple suit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and it just doesn't fit the universe to me. Yeah, I I agree, and again, not going into spoilers, there's um, something that happens later in the season, and I 
was just like, oh, oh I, re- I really didn't like it. And I'd be interested to see, um, particularly with what some of the stuff that you guys have said, Matt and Tammy, about him before, I'd be interested to see how what your thoughts are on it when we get to it. Hmm. Um, I'm sure you will hear them. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I hope to. Um, we have to give him um, props for one thing, though, in that he does state, uh, you know, a fact with uh, comic books and comic book movies in that someone is not dead until you find their body. <laughs> yes, this is true. <laughs> I liked that he pointed that out. This is why, you know, so many of our beloved characters are going to come back. <laughs> Jack, Jack Murdoch's going to come back as Bullseye. It's going to happen. You keep believing that. I, 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 I believe I, it in my heart. Hang on to your dream. <laughs> so in the next scene, Luke is staggering around wearing a really nice coat. I wrote in my notes. I was like, oh, I really like his coat. Uh, I think this is because I've been talking about a lot of fashion on the other podcast uh, Tammy and I do Calavici yeah. fashion cast. I'm noticing people's coats and what they're wearing. Uh, but I have to say uh, props to Stephanie Maslansky for putting Mike Coulter in this really nice coat. Um, he's staggering around. He goes into a laundromat and he steals some clothes. Uh, the reporter on TV, by the way, is uh, Megan, who we've seen before. She's the sort of Marvel Universe uh, reporter. And this is when he sees the uh, the report about him, about the shooting. And he is a wanted man. I just can't. I can't imagine people leaving their laundry in the in, in a place and just wandering off. Like, do people do that? Yeah. I mean, I do it in my hotel all the time. But yeah, like that's a hotel, though. Do you know what I mean? Like in the in the yeah. street, like just I don't know, wandering off to do your shopping. Yeah. 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 I mean, I have a friend that lives in the French Quarter of New Orleans, and mm-hmm. he drop he sticks his laundry in the washer and goes home, and sticks it in the dryer and goes to the bar, like. Maybe I'm just a very untrusting person. You don't want Luke Cage to come and steal your clothes, Claire? Uh, if Luke Cage can fit into my clothes, then I <laughs> really need to go on a diet. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, can, he can try. He can try and steal my clothes. Um, so Krasn is still questioning Misty. And he's saying, you know, you haven't really got any friends and all this. And I was like, oh, I bet Matt is wishing what I'm wishing, which is that's why she needs to make friends with Colleen Wing and start uh, (laughs) Doors of the Dragon. Mm -hmm. That should be the person she speaks to. Um, We also find out that she was set up on a date with the Love Bandit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what they called him afterward. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) (laughs) The Love Bandit. Uh, and she talks a bit about uh, meeting Luke at the bar. And this is how we know Luke is the perfect man, because when he was speaking to her, he looked at her eyes, not at her breasts. Thank you, Luke Cage. Aww. Yeah. (laughs) That's very nice of you. (laughs) (laughs) And we get a flashback to coffee. Is that like a test that she does? Like, (laughs) that specifically? She wears that very low-cut dress. But he must yeah. have looked because he even said that dress is too small for you. So he yeah. must have looked. Yeah. Yeah. But when he Did spoke he... to her, he spoke to her eyes. Oh, yeah. But the rest of the time, just... he was just looking at her boobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we get the flashback to Cottonmouth's murder. Uh, and Mariah is talking to his corpse about his parents, Malik and Jasmine. This is where we, we learn a bit about him. And why she calls him Mo. 
Um, did you guys like this sort of learning a bit more about about the family and about her raising him? And I did. Yeah, I like. I mean, I like Mariah. So yeah, she's so <laughs> like good in this scene. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and of course we get shades sneaking around. <laughs> Which when he appeared in this episode, shady shades. I just started laughing when he just appeared and he's just silent and he's just creeping around. And there's a bit later where there's like the meeting with all the crime bosses, and at first you don't see that he's there, and then there's a camera shot and it's like, nope, he's there. He's just creeping around in the background. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So this is when they're like, oh, we're gonna frame Luke and Mariah again. Is like, I don't want the business, but. Shades is like, no, take over, and then we can rule together, you and I. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh my god, are they going to make them hook up? Like, no, don't do that. Mariah, don't do that. He sh- that's Shades, don't do that. <laughs> oh, but what if they're each other's one true love? No, they're not. Okay, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I think Shades uh, is kind of into Mariah. Oh, yeah. yeah Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. For real? Or is he, like, is he just putting that on? I think he is. No, I, yeah, if he's into girls, he's into Mariah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's amazing. Because she's smart and, you know, strong. I think he's into And he's her. already said she's actually, sexy. By the end, I think Stryker's into her, too. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, as well. <laughs> Maybe we'll get Stryker versus Shades. <laughs> I'm, I'm betting on Stryker, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless Shades develops those laser beams out of his eyes. Or have a shade, I should say. (laughs) So, in the next scene, um, this never ever happens in real life. This is complete fiction, obviously. Um, But please see uh, a guy staggering along the road and think he's drunk and then immediately want to see his ID. I should say, uh, uh, an African American male. In a hoodie. In a hoodie. And I was like, oh, yeah. Um,. Yeah, and they just want to see his ID. Like he's done nothing. They think, oh, it just it just makes me angry seeing scenes like this, you know, because it's just like this happens. And usually the guy they pull over hasn't got bulletproof skin. Usually, what am I talking about? They never have bulletproof skin (laughs) that I know of. Except for this. No, 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 usually. Usually. Not usually. Sometimes, sometimes it happens. (laughs) Most of the time. Yeah. And this, I mean, that scene, like, leading up to the series, I mean, one of the things that Chio Hodari Coker, the showrunner, like, mm-hmm. always was talking about, he was like, I'm so excited to bring the world a bulletproof black man in a hoodie. Mm-hmm. And he specifically, like, said he was going to do this, like, black man in a hoodie moment. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of surprised the whole series didn't involve these. Like, I was like, oh, we get this one mm-hmm. right here. But I, there's more we, in the future episodes. We get some, well, with what I was talking about earlier and you kind of caught yeah. it on to, there is, that kind of links in with it as well. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, I, was, I was glad they didn't have them, like, pull their guns out immediately. Exactly, because technically, yeah. it is illegal to be drunk in public. I mean, so if they he really was thought staggered. he was, yeah, if they really thought he was drunk, that's a misdemeanor. It's public intoxication it's illegal <laughs> but when they have to test to see if he's drunk before they ask for his id what's his id gonna tell them no because what they'll do i mean well i don't know here in the states they ask for your id for anything it's it's illegal not to have your id on you so like <laughs> can... no, i think if you're driving you can go out without your id on you um, uh, if they if someone asks for your id they can actually they can find you 
for not having some form of identification. They don't, I mean, that's being, that's a real dick move, but they don't have to, and that's not typically what's going to happen, but they could (laughs) if they wanted to. I mean, same thing. They can find you for a lot of things being pulled over, and they don't find people all the time either. I mean, I assumed mostly they were asking for his ID because he appeared to be very suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. They, it, once you once you assume, once you think somebody might be drunk, I mean, they had enough reason to think he was drunk yeah. or you know coming out of a gunfight or something. <laughs> then yeah. they yes. ID and like run it in case there is an APB out on him or something. Yeah. I like that they only recognized I, I, him when he. Would... Oh God, sorry, Terry. Go on. Yeah, I was gonna say. I like I said. I think I was just happy they didn't because I feel like the the more accurate. Uh, picture of this could potentially have been where they came with their guns already drawn yeah. or their hand yeah. on their gun at least. Um, and they didn't do that. So I was like, Oh, thank goodness. Um, also who are these like two little white men just running around in the background? <laughs> I didn't see him. I'm like, where is Luke at with these two little old white men just running around? <laughs> I like that the cops only recognized Luke when he took his hood off and they saw he was bald. Yeah. They're like, oh, he's bald! <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, but, but then this this is one, to me, I'm like, this is where the problem is. It's like, uh, you know, I don't know how well, how good that picture was. Was it, was it because it looked like a pretty good picture, which I don't know how they had, like, such a good picture of him. Yeah. Because it's not like they would have had a mugshot of him. No, <laughs> he, like and he had tries to avoid having his photo taken as well. Yeah, so it just seemed like they almost had, like, Mike Coulter's headshot. <laughs> and I was like, what? How they... <laughs> and so I did have a problem with that. And then, like, I mean, I guess they pulled their gun out because he's dangerous. But if they knew anything about this guy, it's like... Which I would think that they everyone knows at this point that he's kind of bulletproof. The guy's been on the news several times already for it. Yeah, uh, Tammy, what you don't know from the comics and from this show uh, is that when Luke moved to New York, the character of, of Luke after he escaped Seagate, he actually wanted to be a Broadway dancer, and so he got headshots <laughs> for that. And that's what the police have because he was going to audition to be in Cats, um, but it didn't go that well because he he's he's strong, but he's not that agile, you see. So that's that's why they have his headshot, Tammy. This is fact. And when he decided to take his stage name, he liked Nick Cage's name so much. Yep. He decided to take <laughs> Nick Cage's name. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He was going to go for Nick Cage, but it was already taken. So he was like, well, Luke, ha- you know, kind of sounds like it. So I'm going to be Luke Cage. Yeah. Which you guys know Nick Cage did take his stage name after Luke Cage. Oh, yeah. Which is weird, because I would have thought he would have taken it from, like, a Superman reference, because he loves Superman so much. I don't know. Nicolas Cage did call his son Kal-El. That's true. Says me, who named my rats Doyle and Riley after uh, Buffy <laughs> and Angel. <laughs> and then oh Willow. Are... Willow and Oz. So. <laughs> yeah. Rhiannon, I just looked uh, up, like, you know the whole ID thing. Basically you have to have one if the police suspect you of anything under, I think it's like 24 states or something have a stop and identify law. Yeah. Oh, that's scary. So yeah. So if you, if they can't force you to show your ID, but 
if they suspect you of something and you don't show your ID, they can detain you. <laughs> so, and, you know, in this case, they they suspected him of being drunk, but... Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things, like, that it's a law, but it isn't, because it's just a way for cops to be able to detain people or get them to admit to something maybe they did or didn't do. Mm. It's yeah. It's it's a little tricky and sneaky is what I think it is. Yeah, but, I don't yeah. like it. So it's in this scene as well where Luke kind of pushes one of the cops, I think because he's just obviously he's in a lot of pain and he's frustrated and the cop goes flying into the the windscreen. <laughs> And I was like, that poor guy. But he, he does kind he of like kind pick of him up. Yeah. But he, he does kind of like feel may, maybe a bit bad and like pick him up and put him on the on the pavement and then steal the car. So he kind of strikes <laughs> him like a fly. Yeah. It's like oh. So in the next scene, um, the psychiatrist whose name I've already forgotten. What's his name? I can't remember. I can't remember. Um, the psychiatrist brings <laughs> Misty some lemonade. And she uh, alludes to a story in her file and then goes into details. Um, In 1995, in the summer, Misty and her cousin um, went out and Misty was thirsty, so she went to get some lemonade while her cousin Cassandra was talking to some boys. And when she came back, Cassandra was gone. Um, And it sounded like she'd been raped as well as killed. Is that what you guys got? She'd been killed, but to me it sounded like she was kind of gang rate. I mean, it's oh, it was horrible. Yeah, like you, by this gang of kids. Knew that story. Did he get the lemonade on purpose? Because Misty yeah. assumed he did. I don't I know. I thought he did. Because mm, he had a little maybe. bit of an expression where I was kind of like, maybe that was maybe. Like, <laughs> oh crap! Like, <laughs> oh, opened up a can <laughs> of worms here. Worms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, had that happen. Like you know, you say something to somebody, and then they just like spilled the story to you that you weren't expecting, and you're like, "Oh, okay, yeah." I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> I was not expecting. That. <laughs> like now that you mentioned leg warmers, I have this traumatizing. <laughs> <laughs> you know. My traumatizing leg warmer story. <laughs> it was all started when I was uh, in in the movie Fame. <laughs> Um, I wanted glittery leg warmers. And they wouldn't let me. No, anyway. So. <laughs> um, oh, glittery leg warmers are the best. Uh, yeah, she said boy Mike Jones ran a train on her with his crew. Yeah. That doesn't sound like... I'm thinking that that's... Yeah. That does not sound that good. Just, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they talk a little bit about Scarf as well, and then Misty not seeing that Scarf was corrupt. And I I thought it was interesting, Misty kind of cites sexism in her job at this point, because she talks about, like, sleeping with Luke, but you can have the male, her male colleagues sleep with as many um, women as they want, and they're kind of applauded for it, and, but as soon as a woman does it, it's it's looked down upon. Um, And the psychiatrist basically tells her to own her shit. So, meanwhile, at the... Cologne, Cologne, I can never say Cologne, Jim. Um, Mariah wants help <laughs> from him. He's eating a candy bar. <laughs> He's eating a, yeah. Not throwing it on his floor, though. He only throws it on the no. floor of the club. Um, oh, he actually does throw it on the floor. Does he? He just threw it on the floor. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I, I missed that. Rapper, but yeah. <laughs> 
So he's just an untidy guy. He wasn't disrespecting Cottonmouth. He's just untidy. Yep. Oh, Domingo. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> so Mariah wants help from him to run the business, and he's going to get all the crime bosses together. And I wrote down their names <laughs> because we'll talk later about my favourite one, <laughs> my favourite of the bosses. <laughs> so we have Jacques Alif with the Makut. Uh, Makute? Makut. Neville Barnwell with the Yardies. Juan Carlos um, Castro. What? I just love the Yardies. The Yardies. <laughs> I know. I love it. It sounds like the Newsies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would have liked this better if they were all like uh, gangs from the Warriors, like the Baseball oh, Furies. I know. <laughs> the Lizzies. What if they were like the gangs out of uh, Anchorman, you know, when all the news anchor gangs turn up? <laughs> And they will just have their yeah. their fight with the tridents and stuff. Uh, Juan Carlos Castro with the Cubanos. Peter Hong with the Koreans. And then we get a mention of the Chinese. have got their own thing going on downtown. Mm. Ooh. Maybe that will be an Easter egg. Uh, so meanwhile, Claire is in the diner and she's studying the ultrasound of Luke's bullet. And she's researching elastic skin cells. And it looks like she's making a recipe for the worst cocktail ever. Because it's eosin dye, sea salt, abalone shells, and brine shrimp eggs. I was like, ugh. Gross. So she uses the USB to look up Dr. Bernstein, and that's when Luke arrives. Um, And does not look good. Uh, (laughs) And this is where Claire theorizes that Luke's skin is structured like seashells. And you remember last week when I was like, I don't like it when they go into too much explanation of how his powers work. This is what I meant. I was like, I don't need to know that Luke's skin is made of seashells or whatever it is. It's just super strong skin. That's all I need to know. And when I listened to last week's podcast, I was like, damn it, Claire's already had that rant. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just, I don't like it when they go into, like, the too too much science. I, I don't understand it. Like, you don't need to. Well, and Claire turning into this, like, I mean, I realize that nursing is a science and all medical, you know, it's all a science. But it just seemed out of place for Claire to be, like, researching. Like, there's a moment in it where she's like, I was just looking at your cells. Yeah. It just sounds so weird for her. And also, I, I don't know how she's uh, she's found all this info already about, like, shrimp eggs and this dye and the shells when she hasn't... It looks like she Googles for the first time elastic skin cells right then and there. So I was like, well, how did you find out this other info, Claire? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very strange. The sciencey science. I just, I don't need to know the science. It would be like, I'm, I'm completely happy they didn't explain the science behind Jessica's powers, you know, and how she can, is super strong and fly just from a car crash. I don't need to know. I don't care. You know, it's like, okay, she's got powers. Let's go. Um, that's just me. Like some people love like the, the physics of superheroes and all this. I just, I don't, I, I just don't need to know. I don't, I don't mind. Well, and I like the challenge of trying to heal him, you know, like, and, and I realize this is probably part of Claire's journey towards whatever Claire's journey is going towards. Mm-hmm. You know, she needs to figure out how to work with all of these different superpowered people. Yeah. But, and I just, 
it just all felt so out of place for her. And, and I mean, like for Luke, like there again, it goes back to why did he have to have a bullet hole? Why did it have to be bullets? Just yeah. Oh, also, I should say, um, we mentioned last week about in the comics, if anything like this has ever happened, and Rebecca, who I knew would would comment, um, because she's um, read basically all of Luke Cage, uh, she mentioned that there was something similar to this in the comics when Luke needed heart surgery, and they had to depower him in order to give him heart surgery, but she didn't actually say how they depowered him. Um and then they she have, mentioned like, Doctor Strange in the comics to do crap like that. Oh yeah, but the, I mean, yeah, magic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this, this is this is why this is one of the big points about why and getting off the subject here. But if anyone's ever read the Spider-Man story, uh, one more day, why it is a terrible, 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 terrible story? Because yeah, you have magic in this, but in that. Um, Aunt May gets shot and Peter literally goes to everyone in the Marvel Universe and they're all like, Doctor Strange is like, well, I can uh, do this and that and I can open portals for this, but I can't do it. I can't sort out a gunshot. What are you talking about? And it's so dumb. It's so dumb. He goes to like everyone, Doctor Doom, Doctor Strange, Reed Richards. All the doctors. All the doctors. (laughs) And they're all like, a gunshot wound? Nah. Oh, it's, mm. it's terrible. Yeah. If you ever want yeah, to see no, a really good like... review of, of that Spider-Man story of One one More Day, watch the Linkara review of it of One More Day. It's really interesting and completely points out why that story fails in every respect. Sorry. Is it like when Punisher kills the Marvel Universe? Um, it's just, it's just a, a four-issue like, story <laughs> arc where nothing yeah. happens and it's all because... Marvel, I mean, this is me getting to a rant now, um, but Marvel were very, very scared with the character of Spider-Man to have him be an adult. This is one of the main problems and why I don't really like Spider-Man as much as I like Daredevil, because Daredevil is a grown man. Spider-Man, they want to be the eternal teenager. And for a character where it's all about taking responsibility, they never want the character to have responsibility because they have him in the comics get married to Mary Jane. They... And the whole reason for the storyline of One More Day was to get rid of Mary Jane because they didn't want to have him divorce her because that would make him seem like even more of an uncle, old man, adult. So they just wipe the memory of the marriage out of existence to make him this young character again. But it's it's really frustrating. They just they never let the character develop and change. And that's one of the things I hate about the character of Spider-Man. That's my rant over. Sorry. I've never liked Spider-Man. Daredevil's so much better. Mm. <laughs> you know you're not going to convince me that. <laughs> I've got into many arguments with people about why Daredevil is better than Spider-Man or Batman. I will never be swayed. I'll have um, back on those, Claire. I have your back. Yay! <laughs> so, um, in the next scene, Alex, uh, Mariah's little little servant, he's obviously learned well He's been a a good Padawan to her Jedi Master, or Sith Lord, I should say, uh, because he thinks that they should use the situation with uh, Luke Cage um, and the death of Cottonmouth for strategic political advantage, and Mariah likes the sound of that. That was funny. I love it. That was great. (laughs) I love Alex. He's just, oh, I love it. He's such a little sneak. He's like a little sneaker, like a little shades in training. Um... 
So Misty returns to the interrogation, and this is when we get her kind of really sort of breakdown in terms of what got to her about the Diamondback situation. And it was, yep, as as he predicted at the start, it was that she lost control, and that while Diamondback was toying with her life, he was laughing and he was smiling at her, and that's what got her the most. And Ridley is watching this all through the window. When she when she started crying, I was like, "Oh, don't cry! This is exactly what you're afraid of with the double standard, and it's just going to get worse. You're crying and blah. <laughs> <laughs> like all the other, you know, like it'll just enforce the stereotype of the emotional woman or whatever. But I mean, you should be able to cry. Like, yeah, I was. Say, man should be able to cry too. What, yeah, I said. I think the double standards should really be considered the other way around where it should be okay for men to cry because mm-hmm. I hate that as a woman I can't be emotional that's really irritating mm-hmm. and frustrating I mean and and that is what it is I mean like in a work environment where I mean not my current one because my current one is amazing mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> in, in my last work environment where I was, you know, set to kind of, like, on this career path, I, I, I couldn't show quote-unquote weaknesses. And it was a boys' club. And, it, you know, all these things that she talks about, like, that is what it, what it is. And if you were to cry, like, I, I can't even think about, like, if that were to happen and I were to cry at something... Mm-hmm. I, I would have been laughed at. And it's so stupid. It's like, yeah, but I'm a human being. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I actually do have emotions. And that should be okay. And um, Absolutely. But yeah, I see what you're saying. It, it's, it's terrible because she is in like such a vulnerable place. And I think her crying is the best thing that could have happened to her because now she can kind of break through that. And um, But she didn't feel she could. It's she a release for her, walk. yeah. Yeah. Because with her, the problem it's, is about the control, and she's very yeah. tightly wound, and she needed to release that. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I'm, I'm with you, Matt. I think it's stupid that it's like this the thing that is, that it's even a thing that you can't cry, and yeah. it's stupid that men can't cry. <laughs> yeah. I want to help you cry, goddammit. Oh, Matt, release I your know. tears. I, know. I can tell. <laughs> It's okay, Matt. We've got you. Here, have a have a tissue. Yeah. <laughs> need to have a moment right now. Yeah. <laughs> if you're upset over Cottonmouth's death, Matt, you can have a cry. It's fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is oh, what dear. brought me back to her character was when she cried. I was yeah. like, all right, all right. Because if they just tried to make her this character that was like the typical, like, badass, nothing ever harms them emotionally character. I, ah, or she only gets angry and that's it. I was just so done with it. So when she cried, I was like, oh, good. She's a human again. This is good. Yeah. I should <laughs> we also can work with this. Okay. I should also point out to our listeners um, as further proof that Tammy and I are the complete opposites in some ways is that I cry. <laughs> I cry at the drop of the hat and I will admit that when I went to see Fantastic Beasts and where to find them last night, I did have a bit of a cry watching it. <laughs> I have been known to cry at adverts. <laughs> yeah. I'll do all the crying for you guys, don't worry. Yeah, I, I cry too. Yeah. I, I mean, I've worked in those male-dominated... I mean, I'm a lady engineer, so I've worked in, like, the, the awful male workplaces and, like, just sat at my desk crying. Like, 
whatever. Exactly. So that's what my office door was for. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I've I've always been stuck in cubicles, so oh. I've just learned to cry very quietly. <laughs> I'm not entirely joking. <laughs> no, I know, but but I think like that's the thing. It's like it's just so it's sad because it's seen as a weakness. It yeah. is, and it's stupid that it is. It doesn't. It's actually the opposite. The fact that you can have emotions and then work through those and come out the other side—that's the strength. Mm-hmm. Like and the Absolutely. fact that, and that's what I think Misty did here is like she finally let it go, cried through it, re- and and that was the only thing that finally got her to realize how much it bothered her mm-hmm. to be able to work through it. But you know, but yeah, any other if uh, any other time besides this little Marvel wonderful show, uh, <laughs> it would <laughs> it's seen as a weakness in real life. TV land, it is not, which is great, but yeah. In real life, it is. That's sad. I, 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 I do not apologize at all for having a cry. Um, and I think I can kind of get away with it because not only am I a lady, obviously, and it's a thing ladies apparently do, but also being someone <laughs> who's kind of arty and creative, I'm just seen as like a wishy-washy emotional artist. <laughs> and as someone who has diagnosed mental health problems, I'm just seen as a crazy anyway, so I can kind of get away with it. So if I ever cry, people no. just go... Yeah, we'll just leave her to it. <laughs> well, and, I mean, like, and, and I have, like, in the world of engineering, I did work in a workplace where one of the older, like, been there, done that engineers was like, look, you can look around here at a woman at every single level in this organization, and I have seen them all cry. Mm-hmm. So never, ever be upset about being upset. He was like, I have seen the women at the very top of this company cry in front of the very top of this company and I don't think any less of them for it. So that's good. Just in case there's any like women out there that are like, oh God, I can never cry. Like it isn't always completely poo-pooed upon. Yeah. No. It just I think it just depends on the environment and who you work with, you know, but I I just know my last job it was practically vocalized that it's okay. However, I also happen to know, Tammy, that your last job, you had an office drawer full of candy. So I think you should have just locked yourself in the office and had a good cry and eaten all the sweets. (laughs) I I think now I'll just shout across the office, yo, Dwick! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. I think so. Absolutely. That'll get me further in my professional career. I'm going to try that tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so now we're in the uh, the night time. We see the sunset, and Claire and Luke are in Soledad's car, um, driving to see Doctor Bernstein. And Claire is holding his hand and telling him to breathe. And it looks like he's about to give birth because <laughs> she's like, "Breathe!" <laughs> and I was like, "Is he giving birth or is he got a bullet in him?" Um, and he admits to her that Diamondback seems to think that he is Luke's brother, but he must be lying. Uh, when they arrive at the house, <laughs> Claire gives a fake name um, and she wants to kind of ask him some info, but he's like, nope. And then she's like, oh, OK, well, uh, Luke's alive and he's, you know, he's in trouble. And Luke makes a Bugs Bunny joke. Um, yeah. And when they take Luke into the house and Dr. Bernstein examines him. That's when Claire kind of produces the USB, and he seems very excited by this, that he's got all his info back. Um, 
and then gets even more excited when he takes Luke to his barn and he's got a makeshift lab in there of all the stuff that he dark, he like stole during the cover up. And my favourite moment probably in this scene is when uh, Dr. Uh, Bernstein starts to undress Luke and Claire's like, no, 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 I'm a nurse, I can do it. And I was like, yeah, that's right. Claire wants to strip Luke naked, Dr. Bernstein. Get your hands off. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I did like that, how fast she dropped her, her student story. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just like that. She's like, hi, my name's Sandra. Yeah. No, okay, it's Claire, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just one no, and she's like, all right, all right, fine, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And we get, like, an interesting bit here where Dr. Bernstein says that, yeah, even though Reva did beg um, for Luke to have the procedure, he was already tabbed to have the procedure, and she knew that. And Luke, apparently, she never told Luke that. It's kind of interesting. (laughs) Well, I think one of the secrets of Reva. The many secrets of Reva. Um, and as we've said before, how do you manage to get something into or out of Luke? There's many ways you can go in. And this time, thankfully, they decide not to go up the butt. Uh, they go down Luke's throat instead. And it's oh, gross. They're yeah, talking about yeah. puncturing membranes. Yeah. I was like, oh, no. I wrote this down my notes as the deep throat blood sample. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so horrible. And the blood, like, coming out is making, like, like sucking noises. Oh. Yeah. I think Luke would have preferred to go up the butt that time. Yeah. Oh, it's he has so to go sh- so much shit. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. Poor Luke. Through the eyeball, through the throat. If he gets injured in the defenders, they're going to have to think of somewhere else to go through, and they're running out of places. Through the ear. They they're going to the, go for the butt eventually. They got the yeah. urethra left. The oh. ear, the urethra, the butt. That's about it. <laughs> like, where else is there? There's no up the nose. Yeah, they haven't gone um, up the nose. So Misty and Ridley are in the interrogation room and this is when Ridley says, you know, hey, you work for the city and the people. That's what it means to be a cop. Um, And you need to go and get Luke and not focus on Mariah. Mariah hasn't done anything. She's my BFF. We go shopping together. Um, I'm wondering if if this lady is crooked too. I know, probably. Uh, And then... Ridley gives her her gun and badge and tells her to go get Luke. Um, I didn't want her to get it back. I wanted her to go do her own thing. I thought for a minute when I watched it that she was going to go rogue. She was going to say, I quit. I quit the force. I'm going to go and find a friend who has a samurai sword and is awesome and might um, be in a series called Iron Fist and we're going to make a company called Daughters of the Dragon. So there. That's what I wanted yeah. to happen. <laughs> That's quite some exposition to you. Yeah, I know. That's how they're they're hinting at uh, Iron Fist. So they just say it. That's the foreshadowing. (laughs) Yeah, it was a little on the nose, but you know. Yeah, Yeah, you know. Um, So Mariah arrives at the crime boss meeting at the gym. Uh, Do you guys want to know who my favorite is? (laughs) Of all these crime bosses? Well, uh, Matt, I'll tell you. My favorite is... Neville Barnwell with the Yardies because his first line is Wagwan, <laughs> which has such a thick Jamaican accent. I love him. And his, what is he saying? He says, he's saying what's going on, but it's spelled W A G W A N. Wagwan. I totally didn't get it. <laughs> I had subtitles, so I got it. Um, well, I, I, the subtitle said Wagwan, and I was like, what, <laughs> what the hell is that? 
<laughs> What's going on, Matt? I don't know. My my first note for this scene was I really thought Shades was going to kiss Mariah. Oh, like, I know. Right at the beginning. Yeah. When he's, like, all up in her face and takes off his sunglasses, I was like, he's totally going to kiss her. This yeah. is crazy. He's so <laughs> into Yeah, her. he's like, he, well, he always does that. He's such a close talker, like, with yeah. everything. Because he, he whispers like, everything. Yeah, he kind of orbits around your face a little bit while he's talking to you. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like close talkers. Get away from me. <laughs> and Diamondback in this scene um, seems to think that he's Maleficent out of Sleeping Beauty because he turns up and is like, <laughs> well, you invited me by not inviting me. And now I'm going to curse you to prick your finger on a spindle, Shades. So there. Because <laughs> it's just it just reminded me of Maleficent. I wanted him to like have pointy horns and a little staff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then he immediately just starts killing people. Oh, and he also mocks Neville's accent, which upset me. <laughs> yeah. And when you have Diamondback telling you that you're crazy, Mariah, uh, you crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's pretty much the old thing of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. You know, they both hate Luke, so they're going to work together, even though I don't think either of them want to do it. Although I do think I agree with Tammy that maybe Diamondback is a bit enamored with uh, Mariah at this point. Yeah, and she shows off that big brain she has. Yeah, yeah. I want some of that. <laughs> so the idea is that they're going to, well, she says invent the disease and then sell the cure. So they're going to make out that there's a problem with Luke Cage, that he's a he's a menace, and then sell the solution, which is the Judas bullets, and sell them legally to the police so they can take him down. But they also mention about dealing with the rest of the super freaks in New York. So I was like, so after Luke, they're going to go off to everyone else. They're going to shoot everybody with a crazy bullet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everyone else, I mean, I guess with the Avengers and stuff, because they are in this universe. I was like, I don't think, I don't know if the the Judas bullet would take down the Hulk. I think, I imagine him just, it just making him even more angry. <laughs> well, he just explodes his whole head. Aww. But it would be interesting to see what it does to Iron Man. Like, would it get through his suit? Probably. Oh, it, it, yeah, it would have to, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. I wonder if it would get through the shield, because the shield is vibranium, or if it would get through Black Panther's suit, because his suit's vibranium. But, I mean, Iron Man's isn't. It's just a uh, strong metal. I don't know what metal, but I reckon it would go through his suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see. In episode 13, where the Avengers show up. <laughs> right, Rhiannon? Right. <laughs> That's what I was just in my head. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Domingo um, scene is the best. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, thankfully, as well, they leave Domingo alive, which I was glad because I love Domingo. <laughs> he's just so Even tiny. Now you know he's so messy. <laughs> he's so messy, but he's so tiny. Oh, I love him. He's 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 oh he's tiny but spunky. <laughs> um. So in the next scene, uh, Tammy's freaking out because the Delphonics are performing in their sparkly coats and they're doing their little dance so routine. So cute. I, oh, I love them. I love them. I love this song as well. Because I love, like, the, I don't know their names. The main guy's, like, really high voices, like, what if I told you? Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is on the Luke Cage soundtrack. I definitely have it on my iPod anyway. Um, but, yeah, I love this song. It's great. And Diamondback likes it as well. Yeah. Um, so do you think he likes this song, which is called Stop and Look and You Have Found Love? Do you think that he has now stopped and looked and has found love with Mariah? 
so meanwhile, while this song is playing, Misty takes down the evidence uh, wall that relates to Mariah and replaces it with pictures of Luke and Diamondback. Um, so back with uh, Luke, uh, Dr. Bernstein and Claire are treating him. And this is where we find out that unlike the comics, where the experiment was to recreate the super soldier serum that created Captain America, this was to create artificial skin for Burns victims. Um, so I like that they tried to create artificial skin for Burns victims by putting the Burns victims in boiling acid. Yeah. <laughs> First we're going to deep fry you, then we're going to cure you. Then we're going to burn you so we can cure your Burns. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and Luke has abalone shell fused with human DNA. Um and they're going to try and recreate the experiment, but the one part they can't control, or they can't replicate, is uh, the temperature, because Rackham obviously ran in and tried to kill Luke by upping the temperature. And the plan is to weaken the skin, and they'll be able to remove the shrapnel. So uh, this is where, as well, Claire tells Luke to raise his hand in a fist if it gets too painful for him. Um, and then neither of them really trust Bernstein, uh, and so His Luke tells her. Burns. I know Bernstein. <laughs> I know he really got into the right field of work. <laughs> um, Claire doesn't trust Bernstein. Neither does Luke. And so this is when Luke makes her promise that if anything happens to him, Claire needs to retrieve Reva's data, as it can't get into the wrong hands. Um, back in her necklace. In her necklace. Well, I think Luke was wearing it as a necklace before. Either way, I yeah. can't believe that they're just wearing it as a necklace out in the open. <laughs> I know! It's a USB. Like, USBs can get damaged by yeah, stuff very and, easily. Yeah, and you're, the whole thing is you're trying to keep the secret. <laughs> like, not have anyone have it. <laughs> like a necklace. So, guys, what do you think about um, this this treatment of Luke? <laughs> like, when is this guy going to get a break? Yeah, he uh, seem, seems like it sucks to be him. Yeah. Because I'm guessing, even though his skin's unbreakable, um, it's still going to hurt. Because we've found out that he can feel pain. He's being dipped in boiling hot acid. Certainly sounds like it, yeah. Yeah. Um, And it doesn't work because uh, Bernstein tries to put the scalpel against him and it still breaks. So they... It's almost like torture porn at this point. <laughs> I was about to say those words. I was like, it's just torture porn. And it's, yeah. it's terrible. Yeah. And, like, it is, it is kind of interesting, though, to end the episode with, like, w- like, oh, it didn't work. What are we going to do? I don't know. Like, usually, mm-hmm. like, when when you get this plan to, like, fix the hero's, like, seemingly impossible malady, that it usually works. Like, usually mm-hmm. don't have this like oh fuck what do we do now <laughs> you think, no idea you Usually think like the episode finished with like his his heartbeat starting up again you know like mm. something like that and then the episode ends you're like oh he's okay like in a normal show you're like oh we can wait a week to see the next episode because we know he's okay but here obviously you go straight into the next episode um yeah. but yeah it is definitely unusual because he goes into like full-on cardiac arrest and we see him raise his hand very weakly and then his hand falls which is you know cinematic shortcut for oh he dead (laughs) so (laughs) he dead so yeah that was the end of the episode guys stay tuned for the defenders with daredevil iron fist jessica jones and um uh 
corpse. Deep fried turkey. <laughs> deep fried turkey, man. Deep corpse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to spoil the rest of the series for you guys, but it's a zombie show. <laughs> yeah, I think everything from the point of them having to stick the needle down his throat till basically the end of the episode, my notes were just a bunch of, ew, no, stop, oh! Like, every scene from that point on, I was like, oh, God. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, kind of like with, um, it's like with all of the Defender shows, though, isn't it? It's misery porn in some ways. Because we just watch them be their lives be shit. We just see Daredevil get beaten up, and we see Jessica, everything go bad. You know, that's kind of what the shows are, I guess. And I don't understand. I don't know why, like, I enjoyed watching Daredevil get beaten up and be miserable. And I enjoyed watching Jessica in her little, like, misery. I don't know why I don't like it for Luke. Mm. I hope it's not, like... That I'm racist and I don't enjoy black people being. <laughs> You're a super racist. Being tortured. <laughs> or maybe that makes me. I, I don't know. There's something about it that. Well, it's just... a very different way because it's not with him fighting. It's not him. It, it, it's it's physical abuse, unlike with Daredevil and Jessica Jones, because it's not from him fighting. Because that isn't what hurts him. It's all this medical stuff, I guess. Yeah, and I guess I didn't enjoy, I mean, because there's a very similar scene in Deadpool, mm-hmm. and I didn't enjoy that either, so maybe I just don't enjoy people being in bats of acid. <laughs> That's a good thing <laughs> to not enjoy. They did They did put him also in, like, the tiniest little thing to drop him into the acid. I was like, if he, if he was any, just slightly bigger, he would not have fit into that container, to, yeah. the little stretcher thing to put him down in. Because he was just all squished up in there. Well, it's comforting to know we won't have an unbreakable kingpin. Oh, <laughs> yeah, really. can you imagine? <laughs> oh. Scary. Like gorilla fist. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really hope Kingpin is in Defenders somehow. I don't know how. Just have him be in it, please. I need, <laughs> I need in my life more Matt Murdock versus Wilson Fisk. Them facing off. There doesn't have to be fighting. Oh. I just need them facing off like that prison scene. My favorite scene in all the Defenders shows. Still. See, I'm fine with Kingpin not being in the Defenders as long as season three of Daredevil is born again. I I I I still have a feeling that season three is gonna be bullseye. Yeah, well, yeah. born again, bullseye born, born again, bullseye, and I want it to be the king. And I, I think I maybe I've, I've got a feeling that maybe maybe in season three or four, if there's a season four, then Karen might be taken out. Yeah, I feel like that's where we're going. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, hope I'm not. With you on that. Claire, yeah. we still just need to spend some time talking about our all our Daredevil theories. Oh, we really do. Yeah, we need to spend a lot of time. There was one theory that um, Sigourney Weaver is playing Typhoid Mary in the Defenders. Which I was like, that's <laughs> yeah, a strange like- theory. But uh, I would love to see Typhoid Mary turn up in Daredevil, because I love Typhoid Mary. No, I love the Typhoid Mary theory where it's Robin. From no, Jim. she was so irritating. I don't want her to be Typhoid Mary. I don't, no, I don't like, want her to have superpowers. Are you kidding? But I rewatched Jessica Jones with that in the back of my mind. And she, I mean, it looks a lot like she, I mean, she's the crazy Typhoid Mary. I can totally see it happening. Mm, I guess. I don't know. I, I just mean, want, yeah, I want Typhoid Mary to show up so I can get my Typhoid Mary cosplay out again and 
run around with my machetes and metal shoulder blades and 80s hair. My favourite would be if Marcy turns out to be Typhoid Mary. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've thought about Typhoid Mary a lot. I just want anyone to be Typhoid Mary. It'd be great. Yeah. Stick turns into Typhoid Mary. It'd be awesome. Um, Just starts wearing, like, um, you know, fishnet stockings and running around. Um, (laughs) So are you guys ready for some Easter eggs? Yeah, please. Okay. So, Diamondback name-checks the photographer of the Biggie poster in Cotton Mouse office, which was Baron Claiborne. And I was like, well, that's nice that, you know, gave the photographer some credit, because that's a pretty sweet photo. Uh, they do a reference to Madame Gao in this episode, um, when they say that the Chinese have their own thing going on downtown, which we obviously know is Madame Gao... I guess still trying to distribute her heroin, maybe, that she was doing before. Uh, And then lastly, Misty and the interrogator share an exchange. This is what it says in Den of Geek. Um, Share an exchange about lemonade that comes right out of the lyrics of the Gangstar song that is the title of this episode. Oh. So I don't know if you read, picked up on that when you read the lyrics, Tommy, but apparently there's... I know, know, right? Apparently they reference lemonade in... Oh, yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> ah, cool. Um, and then it does say on Den of Geek later, Misty has a can of Country Time lemonade. But I was like, that's actually when they're talking about lemonade. It's not later. It's right then. Yeah. This episode yeah, did as well make well, me want some lemonade. That's why I'm kind of confused. I'm like, well, I feel like is that the reason they picked this title for this episode is just because of the lemonade? <laughs> I mean, that just, that's, that would be very bizarre. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. They could have gone with the song Lemonade by one of my favourite bands, Coco Rosie. Yeah. I mean, because the line is just, lemonade was a popular drink and it still is. Yeah, and that's okay. pretty much what they say. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, hmm. It makes me want a lemonade. I want a lemonade, like, right now because of that. I'm so thirsty because <laughs> I know. Oh, it looks so good, that lemonade. Right, anyway, let's get in to some quotes. So, Rhiannon, you are our guest, and therefore you get to go first. Um, I didn't love many of the quotes in this one, but I did... You know, Misty had the line, I don't seek justice, I stalk it. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I can imagine uh, Matt Murdock uh, liking that line. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, yeah, me too. Shady uh, shades in his stalking. Shady shades? <laughs> Tammy, you, you can go next. Um, okay, even though I don't like Stryker, two of his lines stuck out to me, so this is just one of them. Uh, they'll ask around, so tell them, I'll murderize everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, murderize, I love it. Yeah, that was good. What was the other one you had? The other one I had from him was just, what, he just dissipated? Like, it just was some the stupidest thing to say. I'm like, what is he talking about? I mean, yes, that's a word, but it just seemed very, like, what's makes him sound ignorant yeah he's know. got he's got some very odd dialogue yeah, yeah. uh matt uh, lemonade oh. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> mine is lemonade it's a popular drink still is <laughs> what were you gonna say rhiannon sorry oh no no with the um with with tammy's line about like him dissipating it was just like they're talking about the trash cans. They're like, we've checked all the trash in New York City. And I'm like, yeah. No, you didn't. Sure, yeah. <laughs> all of it. 
I have a, a, a <laughs> I have a quote from Shady Shades, which is, "Well, you ain't Houdini." That was him talking to uh, Diamondback. I think I had another one as well. I didn't have that many in this episode. I had uh, one of Domingo's quotes. Girl, I know where you're from. That stink don't come off too easy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I love Domingo. Domingo. (laughs) I was so glad that he's left alive. I'm sure I have another. I mean, we obviously had Sweet Christmas. Um, Twice, right? Yeah, yeah. Twice. Claire just had like a little, I mean, my mom has a car. We haven't totaled that one yet. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) I had uh, obviously Neville's line of (laughs) wagwa. I loved it. Uh, it was so great. He might be my favourite character of the episode. <laughs> oh, Neville. Um, okay, so now it's time for feedback. Matt, I've got an email from a little person who I like to call Sedna because that is her name. <laughs> <laughs> she's a little person she's, i didn't know that yeah she's a little person uh i have an email from sedna and then i have a voicemail from moira so this is from sedna you're on mel duty obviously as mel is not here poor misty part one four oh part one four six her altercation with claire has led to this extended internal investigation slash therapy session she gets instead of a flashback backstory Yay, the Delphonics rehearsing as Shades and Diamondback together at last. (laughs) Exert terror over their goons. Diamondback finally gets to be crazy-eye mob boss. Arrgh, Shades creeping in on Mariah's speech to Cottonmouth's dead body. (laughs) Intruding on her grief. What the fuck? OMG, the scene with Luke in the hoodie with the the cops and Misty's story about what happened to her friend. This is why this show is important. Mm -hmm. Uh, Back in the Marvel Science Universe... Here's Claire getting clues from the USB. Abalone shell is beautiful. No no wonder Luke's turned out so fine. Perfect. Leading <laughs> to road trip. Surprise, Excellent. Claire's mom lets her borrow her car after her van and Manny's ambulance were totaled. Yeah. Thank fuck mad Dr. Bernstein still has his old lab equipment in the shed down in the shed down the garden. This could be the last chance to surgically interfere with Luke's butt. Oh no! <laughs> do the job. Uh, so dipping Luke. Quick, Tammy, take your chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so dipping Luke in hot acid again will undo his Velcro skin enough to remove the shrapnel. Okay. With a shaky black power salute and a flatlining ECG. Oh my fucking god! Cliffhanger! Don't. <laughs> <laughs> And I think Sedna passed out of the excitement. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you, Sedna, as always. I Uh, want my favorite quote for this episode to be changed to. Oh, God. This could be the last chance to surgically interfere with Luke's butt. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Claire should have said in the episode. (laughs) Quick, Bernstein. This could be the last chance. Hey, it's Moira here. Do what you can, kid. Oh, Matt, how did you and I not know that? All right, feedback. Um, the only negative thing I have to say about this is I actually kind of thought the Misty interview sequences went on for quite a while. Um, it was good. Don't get me wrong. It was good to get some insight into her. And I like I like the fact she is a justice huntress. 
but it took a long time to get, to get there. And um, when uh, Ridley, Ripley, Ridley, whatever her name is, when she gives her back her uh, her shield and her gun, there was no real tension there for me. I had no doubt she was going to get her stuff back, you know, but I digress. Uh, a couple things. Mariah, wow, she is a cool cat. First of all, personally, yeah, Diamondback does scare me, so I would not have been able to possibly utter those words that he doesn't scare her. Uh, but she's a cool cucumber, watching heads being blasted all around and not really even flinching. Wow, she's, um, yeah, she'd be cray-cray. She's, yeah, mm-hmm. And um, I was glad to sort of see Shades get his comeuppance in that I sort of wondered what his plan was last week. You know, was he trying to take over the club and whatnot? And, uh, yeah, Diamondback has other ideas. So, Shades, you are staying uh, lurking around the shadows the way you always do and not actually running the show. So, the, so there. <laughs> but the most hilarious part of this whole episode for me was was dipping Luke in boiling acid. Um, okay, just, um, no, just no, no. <laughs> um, not even remotely believable uh, on so many levels. It's just going to burn into my... He's not actually made of diamond. He just has super elastic funky cells, right? So, okay, yeah, and the whole theory... You're going to somehow make him more soft and squishy so you can cut into him? That's what you think? It's still not going to help you get the pieces out. So, looks like I have to wait another episode to find out how the heck they're going to extract those pieces of metal. But, fine. That's that's fine. I'll just, I'll, I'll go turn on the TV now and I'll find out. All right. Later. This is fun. Ta-ta. Thanks, Moira. Um, I did see a, I think Moira messaged me after last week's episode, because obviously she guested last week, uh, Moira being a medical doctor, and I think she basically expressed her uh, amazement at the treatment of fixing Luke was dipping him in boiling hot acid. Um, Yeah, I think she was quite amused by that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, thanks, guys, for your feedback. We always love hearing what you think. Um, We will definitely have to hear... Uh, from you next week as well, Moira, to see, um, obviously, there's going to be more treatment on Luke um, because what they've done hasn't worked. So, you know, we want to know if uh, if it's all medically accurate, obviously, like this episode was. <laughs> so accurate. Uh, 100%. Okay, well, now it is time to rate this episode. Uh, Rhiannon, you can go first. Do we do it out of five or ten? Out of ten. Ten. I don't know. For Ten. some reason, that makes it feel different. Yeah, even. <laughs> I'm going to do three out of ten lemonade explanations. Ooh. Oh, maybe four. Because okay. I was going to do two out of five, so I'll give it four. Okay. I just, I felt, I, I loved Misty's moments. Mm-hmm. I, Mariah, you know, like, the gangster shooting up stuff just bored me. And the acid bath just... I, I just want to give it, like, one lemonade for acid bath. Like, I hate <laughs> acid bath so much. So this is definitely one of my least favorite of the season. Um, and so, yeah. I'm going to go with four. Let's go with four. 
for. Wow. Okay. So you were really happy that this was the episode we needed a guest yeah, for at last so minute. When you You're like, oh, guest, man. I was like, I know I hate that episode, but this will force me to watch it again, and maybe I'll really like it on the rewatch. Because rewatching Jessica Jones, I liked a lot of stuff a lot more. Yeah, I, the rewatch was painful. Um, so, I, yeah, but I was going to give it a chance. Because Jessica Jones, when I rewatched, I liked a lot of it a lot more. Mm-hmm. But no. Yeah. No. Mm, okay. Uh Matthew, you can go next. Um Yeah, it wasn't my fave. Uh I do wish they'd get a, this thing out of him and we just stop seeing him limping around everywhere complaining, be like, Ugh, ow, it hurts. Um, <laughs> um I kind of agree that yeah I didn't really like the idea of harming him with a like a super bullet like I wouldn't care. Like, it feels like they had, like, they felt like they had to injure him somehow. And I, I do like the idea mm-hmm. of just like going at him emotionally and like having him retain his superpowers and his imperviousness the whole time. But he has to deal with other things, right? Um, so that yeah, maybe next time, maybe next season. Um, I'll give it a seven out of ten. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. <laughs> for Mar- Into this podcast, yeah, you for mean? Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> uh Tammy, you can go next. Yeah, I I don't like this show as much now that Diamondback is actually here. Um maybe it was cuz he was hyped up so much for seven episodes. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, you know, he is a crazy motherfucker for sure, but him coming in and this uh, I I don't know, he's just crazy and like for no other reason than to just be crazy he's really one-dimensional and i think that might be my problem with him because i feel like in all of these marvel shows that we've watched it's um these characters come in very fully formed and you know Mm -hmm. who they are you know what they're about but you can tell there's always there's like layers to them and in this case, I don't see any layers. I just see, oh, he's a crazy person. That's it. And he just wants to murder people. And he has this claim that he's Luke's brother. Okay. I, <laughs> like, did he try to kill Luke before? Like, I don't know. Like, it just seemed like it was really reaching. And so, uh, yeah, I don't I don't like Diamondback at all. Um He's just not up to the standards of the show. Um, I do have her like Mariah, and I like her <laughs> intern Alex, so there's that. Um, the acid bath stuff was gross, and I don't see how they thought this was going to work. <laughs> it's just, it was just so dumb. I was just like, why are they putting him in an acid bath? This is All it's doing is grossing me out. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It was... Uh, I don't know. I, I did not like this episode. Just didn't like it. So, um, yeah, starting with last episode, I didn't like that episode. I'm not too happy with this episode. So I'm hoping they turn it around. Um, I'm hoping they put more layers onto Diamondback. So I get the feel for him really being a big bad. Because right now it's just like he's just more annoying than anything. So uh, mm. I'm going to give this episode hmm, uh Six and a half out of ten. Um, nobody's mamas. Ooh. That's what Mariah said. 
I'm not ready to be nobody's mama. Yep. Poor Mariah. Nobody's mama. I know. Um, yeah, and I I kind of have to really agree with what you said about Diamondback, Tammy. I, I, I find him irritating, and I do find him one-dimensional, and I... I don't think it's the actor's fault. I think it is the way the character's written, maybe. Um, maybe it's because I loved Cottonmouth so much. Um, I loved the interplay between him and Mariah, and I loved that really complicated relationship they had. Um, and then I love Mariah still. I think Mariah's great, and I love Misty. But it, like Diamondback does just seem so one-dimensional, unfortunately. like There's no depth we've seen so far. Um he just kind of is crazy and like spouting stuff from the Bible. Um, the the stuff with Luke's injury, I'm not that invested, just like you were saying, Rhiannon. Um, you know, I, I really want Luke to succeed. I love the character of Luke, but I, I feel that they could have gone down a different way with this as well. Um, I wish that they'd always had it like in the Secret War comics that I'd mentioned before, in that he was in an explosion and there was some kind of internal injury they had to treat, but they'd already obviously done that with the shotgun in Jessica Jones, that they might have seen that as repeating themselves. Um, but yeah, it was it was okay. It was one of the first, I'd say, weak episodes of the season. Um, so I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10... Wagwans. <laughs> and that gives this episode an average of 5.875, lowest episode so far. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hopefully things will get better. At least Next I week. have music to look forward to. <laughs> oh, yes, you do, Tammy. Yes. Oh. I mean... Maybe I should have given it, like, half a point for the Delphonics being in it. I don't know. That's true. They were so that adorable. Those two little old white guys running around in the back of the scene. <laughs> it just made me laugh, but yeah. <laughs> so, um, so now it's time for me to thank you, Rhiannon. So thank you. Um. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I was excited to be here. Thank you so much for stepping in last minute. No problem. Anytime. Well, anytime that you do it. Yeah. And I can make it. Well, you have definitely have to join us for Iron Fist because obviously you said you're very excited for it. And yeah, you have to come on and th- then we can actually talk about spoilers from what you saw at New York Comic Con. Yes. Yes. And I didn't make it. I made it that to one got- day of Iron Fist filming up in New York. But I didn't... Oh, no, no! Shelby and I accidentally ended up in Iron Fist filming in New York, so I mean... I... Yeah, I think I heard this from you guys, which is awesome. So are you going to, like, show up in it? We have no idea. <laughs> there was like, this huge crowd scene, and we, we thought we were, like, way away from where they were filming, and then they were like, action! And all the people around us that we thought were just New Yorkers started moving. They were all extras. <laughs> And that's awesome. We have no idea. We we might have accidentally been in the shot. We were like hiding behind bushes and stuff. So that's what that's what I think would be awesome. Like, <laughs> like you can see us hiding behind bushes, and you're like, instead of Tammy being like, look at those two old dudes, it'll be like, look at this. <laughs> well, I, like Amy Rutberg did um, did sort of joke when we spoke to her. Um, saying that she uh, lives around the area where they were filming Iron Fist, so there's a good chance that she might show up in it walking her dog. 
Which would be amazing just to see Marcy like wandering around in the background. Oh yeah, I remember her saying that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. And if if only they had moved the camera by like two feet in Jessica Jones in Central Park, then you would have seen me in the background wearing my battling Jack Murdoch shirt. Oh my gosh. Looking like a total nerd, and it would have been very meta. Wow. Um, yeah, no, I, I can't wait to discuss Iron Fist with you. Yes. That'd be really cool. Well, if you um, so, oh, sorry. Oh, no, 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 go on. No, I was actually going to say, where where can people yeah. find you if they they want to hear more from you? Um, I'm on the Twitter as Shot of Patron, so you can always find me there. That's the easiest way to find me. Um, my friend Shelby and I run the Super Ladies podcast. That's like Super Ladies with a T instead of a D, because we were super late to realizing we were super obsessed with superheroes. <laughs> and that's where, like, if you want to hear all about the Iron Fist panel, we, like, left Comic-Con, we walked the 10 blocks to our Hell's Kitchen apartment we had rented, and immediately podcasted, nice. so you can hear it in all of our squeeing, exhausted happiness. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you want to, like, go and hear every detail of that. And also, awesome. I think we talk about, it's either that podcast or one immediately afterwards where we talk about um, being in the Iron Fist filming. So if you want to hear... Oh, I need to listen to both of those. Is what? Yeah. I need to listen to both of those. You do. And then you need to come be on it with us because we do... Oh, definitely. We do lots of talking about Daredevil. I mean, anytime we get... Yeah. Any chance we I don't. I don't really like talking about Daredevil. I'm just saying. I mean... Uh, I, mean I think he's a bit overrated. Yeah. No, I, I will I will post a, a link uh, as well to your podcast in the on the page. Awesome, thanks. Um, so people can find it. That's right. Yeah, we should be on the iTunes and the whatever and superlatees.com <laughs> gets you to us. Awesome. We don't... We have cool. no idea what we're doing, but... <laughs> Oh, I, I don't either. Don't worry. And I, I, mean, and I, like, <laughs> and I just decided, like, I'm up in New Jersey on business, so I just decided to stay here for, like, another six months or so. So if anybody wants to hang out in New York and stalk super, superheroes or, you know, <laughs> go to any of these restaurants that Claire's always talking about. Oh, that restaurant from Dead Over Season 2. I have to go there. You have to come and meet me and we'll go. Definitely. I also managed to find more because um, uh, Moira, Moira was saying last week about the cinema that they filmed in. Uh, she wanted to find out where it was, and I managed to find out for her and send her a link. And she's very excited to go there. So, um, if I win the lottery in the next few months, I or if Santa feels like being particularly generous this year um, with a big bag of money, then I will be there. Yay! <laughs> so. Um, uh, lovely co-host. I should also ask you: Have you guys been up to anything this week, Matt? Twin Peaks? Nope. <laughs> Any news? Nope. <laughs> nope. We're gonna go back to like months of silence now, when we just had that episode a few weeks ago. It's like, yeah, it's back. Oh no, it's gone. It'll away. be back again someday. I was very excited to find out that Tom Sizemore will be in the new season of Twin Peaks, though. There's a lot of weird people who are in it. <laughs> there is. Not that I'm a big Tom Sizemore fan. I just think it's kind of perfect. I imagine him like saying Lynchian dialogue. Uh, it will be quite entertaining the way his his performance will be. Yeah. Uh, Tammy, yes. have you been up to anything lately? Like maybe doing any new podcasts you would like to mention? I have. Uh, we recorded our first episode of Calavici Fashion Cast, a Quantum Leap podcast. Say Quantum. Yes, we did. Quantum Leap Fashion Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We covered the fashions of every episode of Quantum Leap. <laughs> 
So if you like Quantum Leap or you like fashions or you like the fashions of Quantum Leap, which you should, because particularly Al Calavici, he wears some amazing outfits. Um, Yeah, then listen to to Tammy and I and our friend Brad discuss them. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. And I'm sure I will cry in a few episodes that we will be covering (laughs) because I I cried when I watched Quantum Leap. Don't. You'll ruin your makeup, Claire. Don't. (laughs) It takes hours to apply my makeup (laughs) every day. So uh, we should predict what's going to happen next week. So next week's episode is called Take It Personal. Mm. Guys, any ideas? They're gonna they're gonna play with Luke, Luke's butt, <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna take it personally. As personal as it gets. <laughs> Finally, damn it! The last the last chance. Some... We've been talking about it all season. Gonna... Somebody <laughs> needs to play with Luke's butt. butt stuff. <laughs> yep. Oh, oh man! I don't think we can beat that. Um, <laughs> nope. So, yeah, so uh, now, Rhiannon, is your time to uh, take us out with an Excelsior or a Sweet Christmas or a Dwick, <laughs> whatever you like. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I've been playing uh, uh, Excelsior. Yay. Bye, guys. Dwick Christmas. <laughs> Dwick, have a Dwicky Christmas and a Dwicky New Year. Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!